הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבתוכנו, כל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר. קדוש משבחת אתם במשפחה לרבנו הקדוש, צדיק יסודולה. נחל נובע מכוחו חוכמה רבנו נחמן פגה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותם תגיד עינינו וכל ישראל אמן. בעזרת השם תלם ישראל תורה כ"א. It's going to be divided into four parts, I believe. Um, we're going to stop at Otchet today, section 8. It's going to be a little bit longer, but uh, we'll try to do it as quickly as possible while getting everything that Rabbeinu wants us to. And uh, let's start, let's hop right into it. Torah Chav Aleph, Leshon Rabbeinu Zichronon Vacha. Pirkra Reviyaad de Sifra de Tzniuta Atika Tamir Vesatim, Tamir Ostim Vechule, etc. The fourth chapter of Sifra de Tzniuta, it says, Atika Temir Ustim. Atik is hidden and concealed, etc. Rabbi Enuel is going to reveal the rest later at the end of the lesson when he goes in an in-depth uh, in explanation. Be'alotcha tanarot v'chule Rabbi Enuel brings the pasuk from the parashat Be'alotcha. When you raise up the candles, v'chule etc. Basically the seven candles shall shine toward the face of the menorah, the front of the menorah. Um... That the flame should rise up on its own. So let's hop right into it. It says, It says in Tehilim, Back and front you formed me. So now Rabbi is going to explain this idea. There's an intellect. That a person attains and he understands through many introductory explanations. This intellect is called in the name of what? Back. As we saw in the verse. There's another intellect that comes to a person without any introductions, introductory, uh, introductory lessons needed. It comes through what? Shefa Eloki. An influx from Hashem directly. A shefa from Hashem. An abundance from Hashem. And this, this sechel that comes from the shefa Elohim is called in the name of what? Kedem. Front. Not achor, but Kedem b'shem panim in the name of panim face. Meaning one front, one back. Rabbeinu explains the inspiration, the passion that comes from the heart is born from where? From the movement of the intellect. Because we're going to see how. How does heat lahavut alev, the passion, the inspiration, the heat of the heart, is born from the motion of the intellect? Because the, the nature of movement, the way movement works, it creates heat, like friction. And according to the quickness of the movement of the intellect, same is true of how heat is created within the heart. So the more your mind moves, the more heat is created within the heart. This is what creates heat, lavut, passion, inspiration for something. When you're on fire to do something, that's where it comes from, the movement of the mind. Nimtza, the result of this, of all of this is what? Through the influx of God. That intellect is drawn to a person in quickness because it comes directly from Hashem. Not through introductions, through slowness, but Hashem gives it to you directly in one shot. No person that one doesn't need to use any introduction at all. Through this, this quickness, the heat, the flame of the heart, it rises up continuously on its own. Why? Because the influx of the mind, which comes from the Shefa Lokim. Creates movement, it works speedily, you don't need introductions, which makes it slower, but it comes in one shot, it comes with speed, and that speed creates heat, and that heat then gives inspiration, passion to the heart. 
אבל להגיע לבחינת שפר אלוקי ענן, אי אפשר לבוא לזה, אלא שיקדש את פיו וחותמו ועיניו ואוזנו ואוזניו. והן הן מאירין לו שפר אלוקי ענן. רבנו אקספיין זה כדס. But before one gets the שפר אלוקי, one attains this aspect of שפר אלוקי, this influx from God, it's impossible to come to this, except by means of sanctifying your mouth, your, your חותמו, your nose, your eyes, your אוזניו, your ears. These apertures of the face, the piv, the mouth is one aperture, one hole, the chotmo, the nose has two, that's three, ve'enav, you have another two, which is five, ve'oznav, and your ears, which are seven holes, these are all the seven holes of the face, the seven apertures of the face. Ve'enen me'irin lo shefe lo ki'anan, precisely these are what, precisely these apertures of the face are what illuminate the shefe elokin. They bring light to the Shefa Elokim. So now Rabbanu can explain what this means in practicality. That means you should guard yourself from releasing a falsehood from your mouth. Speak only words of truth. You should have fear of God. This represents the nose. It says, He shall breathe the fear of God. This is a reference to the Mashiach. Mashiach is going to breathe the fear of Hashem. Reference to the nose. This is Yirat Shamayim. Yirat Shamayim. It comes through the nose. A person shall safeguard his Yirat Shamayim. Yelo Emunat Chachamim. He should also have faith in the sages. Hatalui Ba'udin. Which is dependent upon the ears. B'fchinadat. It says, Shema Divrei Chachamim. Listen to the words of the sages. Ve'ya'atim enav me'ra'ot b'ra. He shall shut his eyes from seeing bad, evil. Ki hen hen ha'me'orarin. Et shefa aloki hanal lavo. Because these are the things that arouse and awaken the influx from God to come down. Because the ears, my bad, the mouth, the nose, the eyes, and the ears are dependent upon the mind, the intellect, and they awaken the intellect, that they should be in the aspect of Kedem. Because what do they say Kedem is? Front. It's a sechet that one receives from Shefa Elohim without need of introductions. So in order to, to what do you call it? To receive the Shefa Elohim, you have to create this aspect of Kedem. And how does one create this aspect of Kedem? Through these seven apertures, which awaken the mind. And then the mind creates this aspect of Kedem. Bifkinat Panim. As we said, Kedem is the aspect of Panim face. Bifkinat, this is what it says in Tehilim. Rosh Devarecha Emet. The first of your words is Emet. The very first utterance is Emet. Zebkinat Moach. What does it mean, Rosh Devarecha Emet? Rosh is a reference to the Moach, the intellect. As it applies to the mouth. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. This is the aspect of the intellect. Which is said about the nose. So we're going to explain how the, the connection between the intellect and each of these seven apertures according to these verses that Rabbanus brings down. The very first of your utterances. This is the reference to the mouth. How you speak, right? How you utter things. This is how a person should speak with truth. As he said earlier, a person should safeguard his mouth from speaking words of falsehood. This is the aspect of the mind in reference as it applies to the mouth. Then we have the aspect of how the mind applies to the nose, which is the first of wisdom is the fear of God. We're going to see how all of this is reshit. And this is what it says, rebuke the wise person and he shall love you. This is the reference to the mind, which is said in reference to the ears. It says, listen to the words of the sages. And this is what it says. And both of their eyes were opened. This is the reference to the intellect. 
which is said about the ears, uh, about the uh, eyes. These are the seven candles, the seven lamps of the menorah. Now Rabbeinu is going to explain what the menorah is a re- real reference to. It's a reference to the face. How a person should, should, should rectify his face and should refine his face. Because the mouth, the two nostrils, the... The two, the two nostrils of the nose, the two eyes, and the two ears are an aspect of the seven lamps. And what is the menorah? The menorah is the resha, it's the head. What's the resha? The head? This is the intellect, because the intellect exists in one head. What is the head when you reference to someone's head? It's his mind. And what's the face of menorah? The menorah, meaning that the seven candles should shine toward the peneha menorah, the face of the menorah. What's that reference to? Shefa eloki. The face of the menorah is what we said earlier. It's panim, which is what? Kedem. And what is Kedem? The secha that one receives from the shefa eloki. So this is all how Rabenu describes the menorah as a reference to rectifying the seven apertures of the face and how one is able to draw down the shefa elokim to create this hitla, avutalev, etc., etc. The shefa eloki hazot hu And this divine influx is an aspect of the sukkah. This is the sukkah that we sit in in Sukkot. Because the sukkah is an aspect of Why is it called She foresaw with Ruach HaKodesh. Look in the Gemara Megillah. Over there it explains this in Megillah. Daf Yudalet Amud Aleph. And also in Yud Gimel Amud Aleph. And at the beginning, Vayikha Rabbah. Also, but we see this idea. She sacha beruach hakodesh. She foresaw with ruach hakodesh. So suka represents ruach hakodesh. Ki ruach hakodesh shufshefa aloki. Because what is ruach hakodesh? Divine or holy inspiration, holy spirit. This is shefa aloki, divine, divine influx. Besuka zot huba alidesh shivata. Huba alidesh shivananim. And this suka comes through what the seven clouds, as we explain, as we know. In suka yud alef, in the gemara suka yud alef. That sukkah is a, is a memory, it, it commemorates the Ananea Kabod, the divine clouds, the clouds of glory. Um, and we know um, that we know, um, I believe in the Midrash, that there were seven clouds of the clouds of glory. So we see here that the sukkah represents the seven clouds, and the seven clouds represent, um, uh, what do you call it? This aspect of Ruach HaKodesh, what we're explaining here. This is all this what do the seven clouds represent? The seven lamps of the menorah. That through these seven lamps, which are the seven apertures of the face, the seven holes of the face, one is able to attain the face of the menorah. What's the face of the menorah? This represents sukkah. This is the sechel, which is called kedem, which is which comes from shefaroki, the influx of God. And Ruach HaKodesh is called by, through the name of Chochmah, because it's the spirit of wisdom which comes from Kodesh, holiness, as is known. Look in the Zohar, over there. Etc. So we're going to see here. It's in the Gemara. In the Gemara Sukkah, I believe. 
How do we know that we, whenever you put schach on the sukkah, it cannot be schach, it cannot be from something that receives tumah, that can receive tumah. And it can, uh, and it's something from the, that goes, and something from, that go, grows from the earth. And it says, it's a mist shall rise from the earth. What did the Gemara say? Just as a mist is something which cannot receive, uh, cannot receive impurity, and it issues only from the earth, so too something um, that schach cannot receive tumah, and it, um, it, it must grow from the earth. This is schach. That schach must go from the earth, and it cannot receive tumah. Same is true of the mist. What is the mist a reference to? These are the clouds that we just explained, these seven clouds. And these represent the aspect of holiness from the earth. Because the one who receives this Shefa Elohim, which we explained is the seven clouds, which represents the seven lamps of the menorah, which a person receives through the seven lamps of the menorah, this Shefa Elohim, as we explained earlier. So a person can only receive the Shefa Elohim if he's a Chacham. Because Hashem gives wisdom to those who are wise already. Bifkinah explains, In the heart, in the heart, of every wise person, I've given a heart um, of wisdom to them, basically. And my bad, in the heart of every wise-hearted one, I've given wisdom. Basically, the one who already possesses a wise heart, Receives more wisdom from Hashem. So a person must be a Chacham. And this Sukkah that we're talking about above, Hanuach HaKodesh, which is the reference of Ruach HaKodesh, this holy divine inspiration, Shefa Loki, which is an aspect of Shefa Lokin, Makifin. This represents Makifin, surrounding intellect. You know, in the Kabbalah, there's the idea of Makifin and uh, Makif and Penimi, these intellects which are surrounding a person or either within the person. Makifin are those that surround a person, meaning he hasn't attained them yet. And the panimi is that which he's already brought within his intellect. So here, Shefa Eloki is an aspect of Makifin, Rabbanu explains, surrounding lights. That this intellect is very, very great. That the mind cannot endure it. It cannot bear this intellect. It cannot enter the mind. Rather, it surrounds the head. As we see with many great and deep wisdoms that the mind cannot comp comprehend it clearly. As we see with many paradoxes that we are completely perplexed by them. We have questions by them. For example, like foreknowledge and free will that God can basically know something before we do it and yet we still have free will. It's a big paradox. That the intellect of this person that the mind of a person cannot, cannot understand this understanding, this, this paradox. This intellect of what we just explained, for example, the idea of foreknowledge and free will, is an aspect of a makif. It's a surrounding light. It cannot enter the, inter, the inner chambers of the mind. It can only surround it from the outside. But know that the inner intellect receives its life force from this surrounding light. This is the essential strength 
of the, the power of choice. This is the real essence of the power of free will. Rabbanu is coming to teach us the power of free, of free choice in this world. That as long as the intellect does not have a great understanding, to understand this idea, this idea of foreknowledge, that Hashem knows something, the aspect of free choice, that basically how could God know something? And we can still have the aspect of free choice because God already knows what we're going to do. It's a big question. But Rabbeinu explains, as long as this intellect, as long as the intellect is not big enough to understand this paradox, then free choice is as it should be, meaning it's exactly where it needs to be. You still have free will. Because you have in your hand the power to either choose for life or for the opposite. But if let's say this intellect, this surrounding light, which we explain is this paradox, the paradox that God can know something and we can, we can still have free will. If this were to enter our minds and we were to understand this paradox, this idea, this question, then our intellect, the human intellect would be gradient. And then would be revealed to this person, this aspect of this, this paradox that we just mentioned. Then free choice would be completely nullified. Because then, through the gradient of this intellect, you would literally leave the boundary of human being and you would enter the category of an angel. And we know that the angel had no free choice and free choice would be completely eliminated. This is the power of free will, and the fact that we don't understand it is what makes us strong, in that this is what allows us to have free choice, and the entire world was created for this. This is the essential strength of Bechira, free choice. It exists as long as it exists as long as the person doesn't understand this paradox. And this is what that in the future the tzaddikim will sit and their crowns will be on their heads. What did that mean? It needed to say, or my bad, why did it say that their crowns should be in their heads? It should have said Al Rashem on their heads. Kilatid, but the answer is Kilatid, Rabbanu now answering Kilatid, Batela Bechira, because in the future, Bechira, Bechira would be nullified, will be nullified, meaning now that intellect will have entered their minds, not just standing on top of it like a makif, but actually would become Panimi. It would become an inner intellect. You would understand it in the future. Tzadikim Yoshvim, the Tzadikim shall sit, Hayishiva, Himore, Al Hedar Bechira. What is sitting? Sitting teaches. Or it's a reference to whenever free choice is not long, no longer there. There's no longer free choice. As it says in Tehilim, Yoshev Bashamayim, he who sits in the heavens. He this is teaching us about the absence of change. Because movement teaches us about what? Changing from will to will. But what does sitting do? When you move from something, it's changing. But sitting, there's no change when you sit. You're in the same place. This is the idea where Bechira, free choice, is no longer there. You're sitting. It's in the same spot. And this is because of the Atrotehem. It says in the verse, in the Barachot. The Atrotehem. What do they mean? Their crown, their makifim, their intellects, their surrounding lights. As it says in Shmuel. That Shaul and his men encircled and surrounded David. This idea 
<coughs> that atrotehen oterim they encircled they surrounded these are this is the reference to the makifim the surrounding lights berashehem what do they mean in their heads lo al but not on their heads meaning the surrounding light will enter within the intellect of this person and go inside and then all the intellect will enter that he was not able to understand them previously they will enter now within within the mind and then he will know and attain them then he will go from this category of human to this category of angel and then what happens Free choice will be completely nullified. And this is an aspect of marriage. By the way, Rabbi is explaining massive secrets here about why free choice has to exist. This idea that we cannot understand this in this world as long as we're in this world. We cannot understand this paradox. Um, unless you ascend to a place which is above this concept of Zman, above the concept of this world, we know great tzaddikim, um, I know Rabenu hints to this in Torah Zayn of Likute Moran Tinyana, where Moshe Rabenu um, even understood this answer. We know Rabenu understood this. There's many, uh, many things that great tzaddikim were able to attain this. Very unique few tzaddikim in history were able to attain this level of understanding these paradoxes that aren't understood normally. But anyway, we go back to it. This is the aspect of Kiddushin marriage, the wedding canopy. Because what did he say earlier? That this, this divine influx, which is drawn from God to the person's intellect, is the aspect of Kodesh, holiness. And what's Kodesh? It's Chupa. It's the, divine can- it's the marriage canopy. And what's Chupa? Because what is the Chupa? Chupa is an aspect of Makifin, surrounding intellect. Chupa, we know, surrounds the person, the Chatan and the Kala. It's this idea of Chupa to cover over Makifin. The surrounding lights cover a person's head. This is what the Every single tzaddik is scorched from the chupa of his friend. What does that mean? Because one tzaddik's intellect is greater than another one's. And the intellect, which is the makif for one person, is actually an inner intellect for another one. Meaning, a person who's on a greater level than another tzaddik who has a greater intellect, that this person tzaddik, this, this tzaddik who's on a lower level has a makif, but this makif is actually penimi, it's an inner intellect for the tzaddik who's greater than him. This represents the seven days of the feast after the chupa. And these represent the seven lights, the seven candles of the menorah. That through these seven candles of the menorah, one is able to bring these makifim, these surrounding intellects, within the person's mind. Through those seven apertures of the face, when one refines them. These, this also represents the seven uh, days of mourning. God forbid. That a person mourns upon um, mourns upon this person for the fact that his soul has gone. That this soul that has just departed should ascend up to the orapanim, the light of the face. Through these seven days, etc. The light of the face that we're talking about, the shefa roki, etc., etc. By the way, there's so much within this lesson. When Rabbeinu was giving this lesson. Um, it was actually just after he had be- finished traveling and he um, 
his, uh, what do you call it? His daughter Fega had passed away. And after his daughter Fega had passed away, he had not been told by anyone that his daughter Fega had passed away. He was actually just knew this through divine inspiration, basically. Through Hasagot, through divine perceptions, he had realized that his, sister, his daughter had passed away. But no one had told him. And we know that if a person is not being told in a natural manner um, about the death of someone, of death of a, mem uh, of a member, for example, he shouldn't engage in mourning, actually. And Rabenu did not engage in mourning. And for 30 days, he wasn't told of the passing of his daughter. Until after 30 days, he was told of it. And the halakha is that he should engage, uh, that a person should engage for one hour of mourning after the 30 days, according to the Shulchan Aruch. And this is what Rabenu did. After 30 days, he basically forced his daughter to tell him about his other daughter's passing. Um, because he wasn't told by anyone. And it's an awesome thing that within the 30 days, right after she was within the 30 days of mourning, but Rabenu had not yet known naturally about the passing of his daughter, yet here within the lesson, he's explaining how the seven days of Avelut are a reference, to, are, are hidden within this lesson. And Rabenu is hiding the, the, the passing of his daughter, Fega, within this lesson. And he had known it, and no one else had told him, but yet you see the Hashkachah Pratit, that he's hiding all these things here. Um, within the lesson, because everything that's happening at that moment um, is very applicable to the t teaching Rabenu was giving. Rabenu didn't give teaching stam. He, he gave them in, a, in application to everything that was happening, to the problems that were happening. Nothing was stam. And you see here this, this awesome idea. But anyways, we go back to the lesson. This is the reason why we spit at Khalitza. When, uh, what do you call it? Whenever a person, for example, um, a man is married to a woman and then this man passes away and he, let's say he doesn't have kids, God forbid. Let's say this, this uh, union between this man and his wife, they never had kids and this man dies childless. Um, this woman, the brother of this man, if he has a brother, they have a mitzvah to marry this woman to the brother and to continue the legacy of this this the this uh, deceased husband, basically, to bring kids to his name. This is what is called Yibum. And if, the, and if the man, actually, the brother, denies this marriage proposal, doesn't want to marry, the, the, basically, the wife of his deceased brother, then she, we do this thing called Khalita, where he takes off his shoe and she spits, etc., etc., all this entire thing. But now Khabar was explaining the reason for this. Why do we spit at Khalita? And it says in Dvarim, she shall spit toward his face. Befanav toward his face. Befanav zaika, specifically toward his face, it says in the verse. Why? Because the first husband remains without any offspring. He leaves no blessing after him. That, he should draw, that they should draw the intellect of one's face in the world through his good acts. And his brother didn't want to fulfill or to sustain his brother's death, basically. And he didn't want to, to cause this, this yibum. To, he didn't want to marry his, deceased, his brother's deceased wife. My bad, his, his deceased brother's wife. So because of this, she shall spit in his face. Because he doesn't want to draw the neshama of this dead person in the world that is able to rectify the light of this face. Why? Because it wasn't able to draw down the sechel apanim, the intellect of the face in the world. He wasn't able to draw down um, a neshama in the world. 
which is this aspect of drawing down ma'asim tovim, good acts in this world, he wasn't able to draw down the sikhar apanim, this, this intellect of one's face in the world. And whenever we know according to the, the Zohar and the, the, right, the, the Kabbalistic writings that the kid that the brother has with his deceased uh, brothers, um, that the, the kid that this brother has with his, with, um, uh, what do you call it, his previous sister-in-law basically, is actually the nishama, the rectification. It's actually the gilgul of that deceased uh, previous uh, father, basically. That the, of the wife's previous husband. Um, it's the same nishama. So this person has the opportunity to draw down this nishama and to rectify this ora panim, this light of this face. But he's choosing not to. And this is why he, she spits in front of it towards his face. Because of why? Because he's denying this aspect of ora panim. With this spit, appears sometimes the face of this deceased person. Why specifically the face of this dead person? It says specifically the face of the dead person. Because all this has to do with the face. And with this spit, the brother is shamed. And the main expression um, or exhibiting of embarrassment happens through the face. And this is because she, um, um, that this person did not want to sustain or to, to fulfill the name of his deceased brother. He didn't want to bring life to him. So she spits in front of his face. The dead brother's face appears. All of this has to do with the face, etc., etc. And this is what it says in Bamidbar. If her father had spit in her face, would she not be embarrassed for seven days? It says this in Bamidbar. No, my bad. If her father had spit in her face, no, had not, had spit in her face, would she not be embarrassed for seven days? Etc., etc. Specifically seven days. These represent the seven clouds. That through these seven clouds, one's face is illuminated. That the face of the menorah is illuminated. And he did not want to, to fulfill the name of his brother's or the, his deceased brother's name. This is why she spits in front of his face. This is a representation of Boshet Panim, an embarrassed face. This is what it says in The Yevama is acquired as a wife with Ma'amar. What is Ma'amar with this is the opposite of embarrassment. It says, All proclaim glory, meaning Amira saying, has within this aspect of Amira, this aspect of Kavod. And it says in Tehilim, This aspect of Omer has Kavod within it. This aspect of proclaiming has glory. This is why whenever a person accepts this woman as a wife, it's acquired with ma'amar. Hefech shel tikalem shivatamim. The opposite of tikalem shivatamim. It said in the verse, tikalem shivatamim. Be embarrassed for seven days. Meaning this idea of not accepting the this woman as a wife is um, um, is embarrassment. But acquiring her, which happens through ma'amar, 
is all glory, as we say, Kulo Omer Kabod. O Miriam and Miriam, Shepagman Bichvon Moshe, that she blemished in the honor of Moshe, Shubhinat Shefa Eloki. As we said earlier, Moshe represents Shefa Eloki. Maybe we didn't say it earlier, but Moshe represents Shefa Eloki. Bichinat Kikaran or Panav. Rabbeinu proves how? Because it says about Moshe, Kikaran or Panav, the skin of his face shone brilliantly. It was shining tremendously. Moshe had Shefa Elohim on him. Ufagma Bifrinat Shivat Enerot. And she blemished in the aspect of Shivat Enerot, the seven lamps. Kihu Ayanav, because Moshe was humble. Shafal Vesavlan. He was completely lowly and patient. And he did not get, get angry over his embarrassment. And this is whenever, this is an aspect, as we know, that Moshe's nose was complete. Because, what does it say? This is Yirat Shamayim. That his nose was complete. This is the aspect of He shall breathe with the fear of God. Moshe was completely humble, didn't get angry, etc. etc. It said about Moshe, Hashem says, I speak to him mouth to mouth. Meaning, I speak with Moshe mouth to mouth, face to face. This is the aspect of the mouth, meaning Moshe's mouth was also complete. A true picture of Hashem, he beholds. He sees the picture of Hashem. He understands Hashem. This is a reference to the eyes. Because you see with your eyes. It says about Moshe, In all my house, he is the one who is faithful. It's a reference to Moshe. Obviously, this is a reference to the ears. The faithful spirit conceals the matter. And so we see here that Moshe was complete in all the aspects of the face. His menorah was complete. His face was complete. Seven apertures of the face were perfect. He had the shefa loki. But Miriam spoke badly about Moshe. Because of this, she became leprous. Menorah is the containment of the supernal light. This is the reference of Orapanim, the light of the face. It says about this, She remained quarantined outside the camp for seven days. This is all the, how everything ties together. This is why Aaron requested, Let Miriam not be like the dead. That who, who exit from the womb of their mother with half of his flesh eaten away. Let Miriam not be considered like this, 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 this gory image in a sense. Because through the containment of this supernal light, which is Metzora, which is Sara'at, she's the aspect of a dead person. That a person who has tzara'at is considered like a dead person. When it says, that leaves the womb of his mother, this is the aspect of yibum, this marriage that we explained earlier, if it's a deceased brother, etc. That through yibum, his wife is his mother. Why? His wife becomes his mother. First, the husband's wife gives birth for a son who is the Gilgul of that first husband. So we see here this, this entire picture that comes together. It's, a, it's an incredible thing. Because this deceased brother, this brother who passes away, was at first married to this woman, but then he becomes the son of this woman by means of that Gilgul, that reincarnation that happens through the marriage, the second marriage of this wife and this deceased person's brother. 
he gets reincarnated into the son of this, this, his previous wife, basically. This is why he gets, he, let her not be like the one person, let Miriam not be dead, like the one who comes out the womb of his mother, meaning this person who comes out of the womb of his mother is the aspect of Yibum, because now this man is being reincarnated within the womb of his mother through this marriage. And with half of his flesh, with half of his flesh eaten away, meaning what? That he didn't have a marriage partner. Because a man and his wife are two halves of a body, as we know, in the Zohar Kadosh. Zohar Kadosh. And now, that his wife is now his mother. We see that half of his flesh has been eaten away, meaning half of his body is eaten. Meaning he doesn't have his other half. He has no marriage partner. Look how Rabbeinu ties these awesome things together. Perush, an explanation of all this. Because one who passes away without kids, then his wife needs to be married, needs to remarry to, 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 to do this yibum. And through this marriage with this deceased person's brother, this dead person is reincarnated within the son of this new marriage. That she has done this yibum with her with um her <coughs> her brother in law basically. Kabuabesava has brought in Saba de Mishpatim Itete Ime and Shotaba Unosh Gadolamit Itete Ime. What does it mean Itete Ime? As we saw earlier. Itete Ime, his wife is his mother. Hanu Shehut Sa'ar ve Onesh Gadolamit. Meaning Shehut Sa'ar ve Onesh. That there's a great there's a great pain and suffering to this dead person. That his wife has now become his mother. Because now he's being forced, forced to be birthed by his own wife. And his wife has now become his mother. Because of this, the son which comes through this marriage, which is born through this yibum, it's impossible for him to find his marriage partner except with great rachamim dolim, with great mercy from Hashem. It requires a tremendous mercy from God for this person to find a zivug because his zivug has already been taken. It's his mom. Kamuvaz is brought down in the Zohar. Upon this person, it says, Perhaps another will precede him. With mercy, you see here in the Zohar, it requires great mercy for this person to find his zivug. Because this son of this marriage that the truth is he's actually the husband of this Yebama this woman who's the Yebama and his wife has now become his mother he has no marriage partner he has no Badzug he has no soulmate because of the fact that his previous soulmate had become his mother and this is what Rabenu's, um, our um, rabbi said Our rabbis of holy memory, they said, that Aaron requested upon Miriam, that we know Miriam, she blemished upon the sechel hapanim, the intellect of the face, that this blemishing of the intellect of the face is the same blemishing that happens of a person, of a deceased person who dies without kids. That in order that she should not be punished, with the punishment of Ibum, meaning Aaron, is explaining about Miriam that because she blemished the Sechel Apanim when she spoke badly about Moshe who rectified all seven apertures of the face, the Menorah, seven clouds of glory, etc., etc. Because of this, she basically 
did the same blemish as if a person um, passed away without any kids. A blemishing in the Sechel Apanim. And because of this, Aaron is requesting to Hashem that Hashem shouldn't punish her according to the same punishment of a person who dies without children. With the punishment of a Yibu. And this is what it says, As we saw earlier, let not, let, um, let not the dead be considered as if one who leaves the womb of his mother, that she should not be considered like one who dies without kids. That is forced to come out a second time with the Begilgul, with the reincarnation, uh, in a reincarnation from the womb of his mother, meaning that his wife should not become his mother. That because of this, um, his flesh is half eaten, meaning half of his body is taken away from him. He has no soulmate. Meaning half of his body is eaten. Which is meaning he has no more soulmate. Why? Because half of his body, half of his flesh is eaten. Half of his body is taken away. The last section of today. And sometimes it's possible that the intellect and the Shefa Eloki, this divine influx, is hidden in the aspect of pregnancy. Um, meaning the pregnancy, the womb, the 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 fetus is still hidden within inside the womb. It's not revealed yet. And then the most beautiful thing for a person is for, for him to cry out. Whether it's in prayer, whether it's in surah, whenever the intellect is concealed, when a person's intellect is concealed, this is the best time to pray or to to, to engage in torah. Because concealment, which is this aspect of ibu pregnancy. Because the womb, the womb is concealing this, this, this creation. This is what it says in Devarim. The mighty one who bore you, Teshi, you exhausted. Kemal, it says, um, No strength to give birth. Just like a woman who basically has exhausted her strength from giving birth. At the time she crouches to give birth, she screams 70 screams. The same number of words that exist within the Mizmor of Teilim, Ya'ancha. Mizmor Teilim 20. And then she's able to give birth as it's brought down in the Zohar Pinchas. These 70 screams are the seven voices that David speaks about upon the water. That each voice that David speaks about, that there are seven, each voice encompasses ten. So seven times ten is seventy, which represent these seventy screams of the woman who's about to give birth. As we know, in which Teilim is that? It's in Teilim Chavtet. And look in the Tikkun Ezor, Tikkun Samachtet, over there about this idea of the seven voices which David calls out or the seven voices which David explains in Tehillim. This scream, that a person screams in his prayer and his Torah, whenever his mind is concealed in the aspect of pregnancy, these screams are the aspect of the screams of a woman who gives birth to God Almighty, basically, that He knows the concealment of the intellect, how they are concealed. 
He knows how a person's mind is concealed. He knows the details of all this. He hears our screams. And the scream is in the aspect, is in the place, or replaces the scream of the Shekinah. It's as if the, scream, the Shekinah, the divine present screams. When we are screaming, or when the person who's giving birth is screaming, it's as if the Shekinah is screaming, then the intellect is giving birth. Has given birth. This is the aspect of what it says. That the voice awakens the intention. What's the intention? This is the intellect. The voice brings out the intellect, meaning through the screams that one does in Tfilah or in Torah, then one's intellect is born. This is what it says. Wouldn't she be? Wouldn't she be embarrassed for seven days? Embarrassment for seven days. This idea. What does that mean? The seven days represent the seven voices of David. Which represent the 70 voices, 70 screams, my bad, of this pregnant woman. That she needs to scream in order to reveal what? The light of the face, which is basically this kid. From concealment to revelation, which is basically when the intellect is concealed, to bring it into revelation. And this revelation is, is called Leda birth. And then after birth, the woman's blood is decomposed and it becomes milk. This is what it says in the verse. Embarrassment. Because embarrassment. What happens with embarrassment? The redness of cheeks leave and it turns white. This is the color of a face where a person becomes embarrassed. This is the same idea. The blood becomes decomposed. And then it becomes milk. This idea of red turning white is the same idea of embarrassment. This woman giving birth, etc., etc. Look how awesome this is. And this is what it says in the verse as we saw earlier. The mighty one who bore you, Teshi, you exhausted. <clears throat> what did that mean? Rashi Tevot, it's an acronym for what? Shel The last phrase of Ana Bechorach. Tsa'akatenu. Our screams, Yodiat Alumot. He knows the concealed parts. Shabbatenu um, Kabel. He accepts our, uh, our screams. Ushmat Tsa'akatenu. He listens to our cries. Yodiat Alumot, the knower of concealed Concealment, meaning Hashem, who knows the concealed places, he listens to our screams. But our screams, the one who knows the concealed, uh, our screams, the one who knows, um, my bad, it's a little, it's a little confusing. The one who knows the concealment, he knows our screams, basically. He listens to our screams. This is what the aspect of Teshi. Look how, look how amazing this is. Um, this aspect of this giving birth is it's what we just explained that when one screams in order to reveal that which is concealed and Hashem is the only one who knows this because He knows how much it hurts basically to have this, this mochin which is concealed in the mind but it cannot be revealed. He, only the one who knows the concealment knows this. This is Hashem's Bach. And not only that, Teshi, you exhausted, is an acronym for Tikalem Shibatamin. Shall be embarrassed for seven days. Etc., etc. So, 
stop here. Um, and Bezat Hashem, we're going to continue at section 8 next time.